We're good. Let's do it. Last week, we introduced you to the story of Joel Greenberg's wide-ranging cryptocurrency scheme, a Seminole County tax collector, a story that appeared prominently in the media for its connection to Florida House Representative Matt Gates. There are three rings to this circus. In the center of these three rings is Joel Greenberg, who was arrested in 2020 and pleaded guilty in May of this year to six federal charges for, among other things, paying a minor for sex and using taxpayer dollars to buy cryptocurrency for himself. In the first ring there is Jacob Ingalls, who Roger Stone admitted in court had access to his phone and social media back in 2019. Ingalls was one of the people involved that same year in the character assassination of Brian Butte, whose story we told in episode 22. In the second ring, there's former state house representative and lobbyist Chris Dorworth, whose River Cross housing development has become the subject of controversy in the county. As tax collector Greenberg sent a letter under his name to Seminole County commissioners urging them to vote in favor of the development, Brian Butte and other community members formed an organization called Save Rural Seminole to oppose Dorworth and his associates. In the third and final ring of the circus is Keith Ingersoll, another wealthy land developer whose firm KI Consulting had a $48,000 contract with the tax collector's office for which auditors say, quote, there was no evidence of work, end quote. Ingersoll is also linked with the honorary Belarusian consulate in Florida, where theologian Mikhail Morgulis is the consul. The two are linked with another cryptocurrency initial coin offering called Organic Fresh Coin, which we will get to later. In the center of our circus, again, is supposed ringmaster Joel Greenberg. In the first ring is right-wing media activist Jacob Ingalls. In the second ring is former Florida State House Speaker-designate Chris Dorworth. And in the final ring is real estate mogul Keith Ingersoll. We began this series with Brian Butte because his story is a legible entry point for people who are unfamiliar with the story of the Seminole County tax collector. But this week, we have to get out our cork board and string. associate of Matt Gates is accepting a deal with prosecutors and pleading guilty to multiple federal charges, including child sex trafficking. Joel Greenberg also agreed to cooperate with a reported investigation into the Florida Republican congressman as the Justice Department considers whether to bring charges against Gates, a Donald Trump ally. It's also being reported that Gates may have paid for sex with women he met online. That story has since been confirmed by his whole vibe. Court papers say Greenberg engaged in so-called sugar daddy relationships where he paid for sex. But they don't mention Gates by name. During a rally over the weekend in Ohio, Congressman Gates continued to fiercely maintain his innocence and dismiss the child trafficking allegations. Gates then defended himself, releasing this very normal statement. See if any of it sounds suspicious to you. Matt Gates has never paid for sex. Matt Gates has never, ever been on any such websites whatsoever. Colin Jost does not believe you. <laughs> Colin Jost thinks you've been to all the websites. So let's go back to 1978, to the beginning of a conservative movement led by Richard Vigari, 
The Gary's direct mail empire came into being in the 1970s and was critical to the election of Ronald Reagan in the neoconservative turn in American politics. In Viguerie's 2014 book Takeover, he describes the role of his direct mail fundraising efforts as, quote, proof of the new right's ability to engage in and finance important political activity outside of the Republican Party. Those in the new right would cinch up their belts, organize, call meetings, develop plans, and send out a couple million letters explaining why the way to win the next battle was to defeat those who voted wrong, be they Democrats or Republicans, and keep pushing forward toward our goal of having conservatives govern America, end quote. And in 1986, the Washington Post ran a story called The Rise and Gall of Roger Stone, detailing the self-described dirty trickster's relationship with Viguerie, which dated back to 1976 when Stone was in youth outreach for Ronald Reagan. It's Viguerie's direct mail list that formed the backbone of what became a modern mailing list in the era of blogs, talk radio, and an increasingly accessible internet. The tactics of direct mailing campaigns became the tactics of email lists, troll farms, brigaded chat rooms, and the flooding of research RSS feeds. In 2019, following Roger Stone's indictment, he was brought before the court for an Instagram post and statements made to the press, which the judge ruled were, quote, likely to interfere with his right to have a fair trial by an impartial jury, end quote. In the February 2019 hearing, Roger Stone said that Jacob Ingalls had access to his social media and smartphone. It was Ingalls who had access to the accounts when Stone's Instagram made a post that included the face of Judge Amy Berman Jackson and a crosshair or Celtic cross in the top left-hand corner. This week, the Gateway Pundit published a story about Jacob Ingalls' efforts to raise money for his now-defunct media outlet. Across Twitter came hundreds of accounts tweeting not just the story, but identical texts promoting a narrative that Ingalls was allegedly hacked by left-wing activists. Just type Jacob Ingalls into the Twitter search bar, find the reposts of the Gateway Pundit article, and you'll see what we're talking about. And, as we laid out last week, Jacob Ingalls used his journalistic guise as the owner of the Central Florida Post to legitimize the efforts to assassinate the character of Brian Butte. According to reporting by the Orlando Sentinel, Ingalls, quote, is an ally and one-time business partner of Leslie L.A. Key and her husband Robert Hoogland. Key is described by the Sentinel as, quote, a Trump activist, end quote. Greenberg gave Key a six-figure staff position and even paid Hoogland over 10 grand in legal fees. So let's consider this to be our first hoop in this three-ring circus. In the first ring, we have Jacob Ingalls and Roger Stone, who are now connected to Greenberg through Ingalls' relationship with L.A. Key and Robert Hoogland. Ingalls helped Greenberg by attacking Brian Butte online. In the second ring of the circus, we have former Florida State House Representative Chris Dorworth in his Rivercross Land Development, which was the project that led Brian Butte to start Save Rural Seminole with Jay Miller in 2018. Dorworth was about as big as you can be in state politics. While at Duke in the late 90s, he held student leadership positions in Florida and North Carolina. 
In 2004, he was the Seminole County chairman of the Bush-Cheney re-election bid. In 2007, he was elected to the Florida State House of Representatives, where he was selected in 2010 as Speaker-designate for an eventual 2014 legislative session. He had the support of Disney to the tune of 180 grand in 2011 alone. But in 2012, after years of ethics investigations in Tallahassee and jetting around on donors' dimes, he was defeated by Democrat Mike Cleland and his grassroots campaign of Republican voters who couldn't hold their nose and support the would-be speaker. Dorworth was the state house rep for parts of Orange and Seminole counties for his election in 2007 to the end of his second term in 2012. Afterwards, he took a lobbying job at Brian Ballard's firm where he worked until resigning the post earlier this year amid the Greenberg controversy. What we didn't mention in last week's episode was that Butte's co-founder at Save Rural Seminole also suffered a similar set of consequences for his political activity in the summer of 2018. The Orlando Sentinel reported, quote, around the same time that a local blogger started to attack Jay Miller online for his work with uh, Save Rural Seminole, Miller, who worked for a military contractor, said he got a call from his boss who told him that the company had received an anonymous letter accusing him of drug dealing and other crimes. Miller said it was untrue, and his boss later said they cleared him after looking into the claims. Miller still doesn't know who sent the letter, but soon after, he said he got a call from Jacob Ingalls, who'd written the blog post about Miller's arrest on his website, Central Florida Post. Ingalls, he said, offered to begin writing positive stories about Save Rural Seminole and its leaders in exchange for $10,000, end quote. If you've heard our first episode in this series then you know that this is essentially the same tactic that was deployed against Brian Butte after he declared himself as Greenberg's primary opponent. First, an anonymous letter arrives at the employers of both Butte and Miller making false claims of misconduct. And then Jacob Ingalls appears on the scene, somehow aware of the contents of those letters. In 2018, county commissioners unanimously rejected Dorbert's bid but not before Greenberg sent an email to the county commission on behalf of Rivercross. According to metadata collected from the digital document's editing history, Dorworth and Greenberg were both editors of the document, but Greenberg sent it to commissioners with no mention of Dorworth. The failure of the bid led Dorworth to sue the county over the 2004 referendum that protects the land. Dorworth was also known to have been guests in D.C., of the Trump administration with Greenberg and Matt Gates. Before his arrest, Greenberg prolifically posted to Facebook and Twitter. He even uploaded a photo of himself with Dorworth and Gates in front of the White House to his Twitter profile in 2019. As the federal investigation closed ranks around Greenberg in April of 2021, Dorworth resigned from his lobbying position at Ballard Partners after a 10-year stretching back to his unexpected loss in the 2012 election. This is the second ring of the circus. In it is Chris Dorworth, Matt Gates, and Rivercross. Greenberg colluded with Dorworth on behalf of the land development project in rural Seminole County. Greenberg and Dorworth both had their political opponents attacked by nearly identical tactics, both conspicuously involving Jacob Ingalls, whose associates had contracts and positions with the Seminole County tax collector. Dorworth, Gates, and Greenberg were both guests of President Trump at the White House in 2019. Then there's Keith Ingersoll. 
oh boy, is there Keith Ingersoll. The upshot here is that Ingersoll's company had a contract with the Seminole County tax collector. He was involved in a shady real estate deal with the agency as well, and furthermore, within a week of Greenberg's first crypto purchase with funds obtained from Florida's chief financial officer, a crypto initial coin offering called Organic Fresh Coin was incorporated to the same office suite as Ingersoll's consulting firm. And we must start here with Ingersoll's company, KI Consulting, which was signed to a contract with the Seminole County tax collector in January of 2017. According to the independent auditor investigating the tax agency, there was, quote, no evidence of work product, end quote, from KI Consulting. But Ingersoll did act as a real estate advisor in the purchase of an old bank building on State Road 434. The Orlando Sentinel reported that in May of 2017, an acquaintance of Ingersoll purchased the old bank for $680,000. Within hours of the initial transaction, Greenberg paid the recently formed Shooters Orlando Incorporated $810,000 for the property, one hundred thirty dollars more than the property had sold for earlier that same day. In 2017, Ingersoll told the Sentinel that, quote, my job was to help Greenberg find properties and that Winter Springs property just happened to come up, end quote. So here's where things actually get weird. Introducing Organic Fresh Coin. We use revolutionary blockchain technology for the food we eat that will truly change the food industry. OFC is the first cryptocurrency in history that is backed up by the Republic of Belarus and is a legal ICO. This makes our ICO one of the most secured. It's not a secret any longer that cryptocurrency has had extraordinary gains in the past several years, on average of 1300% as a matter of fact. It is projected for this year that over 2 trillion US dollars will be invested in this market. With that said, we expect to be one of the top 10 ICOs or initial crypto offerings for 2018. Working with the leading experts of this new and rising industry, as well as universities, our goal is to set an example and make the food industry accountable. Have you ever bought a fruit or vegetable in the store and wondered what you were buying? Where did it come from? Is it genetically modified? Was it grown in polluted soil? We have just solved that problem. Our technology will allow all consumers of our product to know exactly where the product was grown, as well as even test the soils and produce in a lab and share the results with our consumers. Even the date the seed was planted to the date it was picked. Even the person working that day who touched your fruit or vegetable. And that's the way it should be. Every crop will be lab tested to ensure against GMO and polluted soils, the location of crop and every documentation of the farm being organic. We're taking back control of the things we eat. Invest in our future with organic fresh coin. Within a week of Greenberg's acquisition of the first $100,000 from the Florida Chief Financial Officer, Organic Fresh Coin was incorporated into the same office suite listed for Ingersoll's KI consulting firm. Organic Fresh Coin, as you may have already picked up in this episode, was an initial coin offering that claimed to be backed by Lukashenko's Belarusian government. This connection is made more credible by the inclusion of Mikhail Morgulis on the Organic Fresh Coin Advisory Board in the Fresh Coin White Paper. 
Morgulis was named Honorary Consul of the Republic of Belarus in 2015. Morgulis was among the writers and theologians who fled the Soviet Union in the 1970s. Yulia Konstantinova is listed in the organic Freshcoin white paper as the president. Konstantinova is described as having, quote, unique experience and direct relationships with the country of Belarus, end quote. Despite his inclusion in the white paper's list of advisors, Morgulis claimed to Forensic News that he was not a partner of Organic Freshcoin, nor had he been paid by them. Forensic News also reported that Ingersoll may not be the only link between the Seminole County tax collector and Organic Freshcoin. The Freshcoin LinkedIn page tagged Jim Adamsik as a business partner in one of its posts. Adamsik made over a quarter of a million dollars in a real estate transaction flagged in the audit of Seminole County. So, there you have it. Our three-ring circus, Ingalls, Dorworth, and Ingersoll. We've suggested here that Greenberg was the ringmaster. But was he? Or is he just what we're meant to see here? Consider for a moment there is a conspicuous lack of interest in the state of Florida to investigate this matter further a matter that implicates several high-ranking members of the Florida GOP. While the feds seem to have flipped Greenberg and some close to him, Governor Ron DeSantis seems unwilling to contribute state-level oversight. It is worth considering here that both Chris Dorworth and Matt Gates um, were both on DeSantis's transition team. DeSantis's own CFO, Jimmy Petronas, currently employs Zane Ertel as a regional manager. Ertel's parents... Mike and Michelle had contracts with Greenberg's tax collection agency. Mike Rattel was even appointed as DeSantis's Secretary of State, but resigned after blackface photos surfaced showing the new appointee dressed as a Hurricane Katrina survivor just two months after nearly 2,000 people died in that storm. We shouldn't even have to tell you at this point what our theory is on why there was no oversight and continues to be no state-level investigation into the Greenberg Tax Agency. DeSantis and the heights of the Florida Republican Party had connections to the operation before the story broke and continues to be connected to it through Jimmy Petronas's relationship with the Urtels. We're going to continue investigating this story in the coming weeks and months. Joel Greenberg will finally be sentenced at some point early next year at which time new revelations about the extent of this criminal network may be revealed. And we're going to spend this time searching and demanding answers on behalf of the Seminole County taxpayer. We're concerned that the government of the state of Florida seems to be used as a platform for cryptocurrency fraud. In 2019, DeSantis started the Florida Blockchain Task Force to explore and develop a master plan for the expansion of blockchain companies in the state. And we think it may go all the way up, not just to Tallahassee, but to Washington, D.C. as well. Before we go, we must acknowledge the reporters whose work has gone into what we've said here today. You can find their names and links to their articles in the episode transcript, which will be accessible on Twitter and for the public on our Patreon. Reporters like Orlando Sentinel's Martin E. Comas, Jason Garcia, and editor Jeff Weiner. Thanks to Mediaite's Sarah Rump for her reporting on Jacob Ingalls. Thanks to Forensic News' Scott Stedman, who reported the details of Keith Ingersoll's connections with Organic Freshcoin and the Belarusian Consulate. Stedman worked closely with at gal underscore suburban on Twitter to report that story. 
If you want to keep tabs on Ingles, then you should follow Brian Butte on Twitter, as well as at Roger Once. They're tirelessly committed to this story, and maybe you should be too. Once again, the transcript of this episode will be made widely available uh, through our Twitter, Patreon, and other outlets as the week goes on. You should be able to access it through our Buzzsprout uh, domain site too. Before we go, we have one correction from last week. I said Matt Gates was from the Orlando area. That is incorrect. He was born in Broward County and is the representative for an area near Pensacola, Florida. We can only try to do better next week. This is an independently produced podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at COINTELPROPOD and support more of our work on our Patreon page. The link is in the show notes and in our Twitter bio. We'll see you next week on COINTELPRO.